Good morning, everyone. My name is Teddy Raksak, and you are listening to TED Talk Sports. This episode is brought to you by Grooming by Diane, the best dog grooming services in the San Fernando Valley. Also, guys, if you go in and tell them that you're listening to this podcast, you can receive $5 off your next visit. All right, guys, so in case you've been living under a rock, the Lakers just got Anthony Davis. Guys, I am so, so happy. Um, I'm excited. I, To be quite honest, all day yesterday, I was just speechless. You know, it was just this ongoing saga. It was all this drama, and it finally happened. Um, so the Lakers received Anthony Davis, and the Pelicans received Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, three first-round picks, one of them being our number four pick in this year's draft. And they could, uh, they, oh, they also received two unprotected first round pick swaps. So, Laker fans, you know what this means? We are free. We no longer have to pretend that Lonzo's jump shot isn't broke anymore. Those days are over. I, you know, that was brutal. He's shooting 42% from the free throw line, and we have to say, oh, you know, no, no, it's, he's going to figure it out. But we all knew, you know, we all knew. It's, uh, you know, we don't have to do that anymore. And, you know, it just, cracks me up you know seen on social media how everyone's all of a sudden saying the lakers got the bad end of the deal but it's funny though because during the regular season they were saying oh you know lonzo ball and brandon ingram those guys suck but all of a sudden when the lakers trade them it, it, it turned the narrative switches a little bit and they're just and they're saying wow you know how could you give up on such young promising players you know it just doesn't make any sense um Personally, I think the trade was great for both sides. I thought the Pelicans got really, really good value for someone that was going to leave them anyways. And the Lakers, you know, we got a superstar to pair with LeBron James. And that's super, super important. Um, I'll get into that a little bit more later. And, you know, only time's really going to tell if the Pelicans won because, you know, you need to see who they get with the draft pick if they pan out. And, you know, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, they're like 20, 21 years old and they're really young players. So, um, you know, they still need more time to develop. So you're going to you're going to see um, what, what they have in them. And, you know, maybe in a few years down the line, we'll see uh, if this trade really paid off. But for right now, it seems like it's a pretty good trade for both sides. Um, they both kind of got what they were want. They both kind of got what they wanted. I mean, I really hope the Pelicans weren't expecting to get any three point shooting because they won't be getting any of that. They could just erase the three point line because they, they the players they traded for don't use it. Um, but you know, I think it would be exciting to see Lonzo Ball throw lobs to, to Zion. I think that'll give something for the Pelican fans to look forward to. Um, the Pelicans got even younger. I think they're going to be an exciting team to watch in a few years. But, you know, let's let's flip this to the Lakers side. Um, and I have, I have to tell you, you know, the Lakers were very, very eager to get this deal done. And there's a couple, and, and you know, there's two events really that made them so eager to get this deal done. And, you know, I think it just goes down to learning from their mistakes with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Right. And they have to understand that these players, you know, even if they go to some team they don't want to go to, there's no guarantee that they're going to, you know, come back to the Lakers. And, you know, that was the that's what happened. Right. Paul George, he was not happy um, with the Pacers. So he goes to Oklahoma City Thunder and he waits. He waits with the Thunder for a little bit. 
And then after that, um, he said, yeah, you know, but the Lakers, I want to sign back. I'm from L.A. You know, a year passes and he signs an extension with the Thunder. And now with Toronto, right, you know, they acquired Kawhi Leonard. And he said he, he was trying to force his way like Anthony Davis uh, onto the Lakers. And then we didn't want to make that trade because he said he was going to come to us in free agency. But then they win a championship. And, you know, when you win championships, you kind of want to keep the good times coming. So I think this is I think the Lakers used that and they said, OK, you know, even if Anthony Davis goes to Boston or, or New York, he may be saying he wants to come to the Lakers right now. But we can't take that chance, especially with a 35 year old LeBron James. So, yeah, I, I think the Lakers definitely learned from um, from those experiences. Now, one of the one of the first things that I want to talk about on the trade were is obviously the draft picks, right? The draft picks. Now, everyone's you know freaking out about this. But you have to remember, right, that their draft picks won't have as much value as everyone's expecting them to. Now, even even our number four pick isn't as valuable as people are talking about, because like I've mentioned in previous podcasts, you know, this is a top three heavy NBA draft. A lot of people expect the talent to pan out or from sorry, flatten out or um, yeah, they expect the talent to flatten out after the third after the third pick. And so the fourth pick, it's it's like it's a bit of a tease. And so I think that, it, you know, it's valuable. Sure, I'm not saying that there's no player after the third pick in the NBA draft that's going to pan out. But it's just it just flattens out and gets a lot more difficult. And you know, the value drops a bit. Um, and, you know, even and, you know, even the other two draft picks, they, you know, you have to think they won't be worth as much because if we sign someone like Anthony Davis to, you know, four or five year deal and we get another big free agent, you know, to their four or five year deal, that we're going to have a good record. So hopefully they're, they're lower first round picks. But, you know, you never know. I'm thinking very optimistically here for once as a Laker fan, which I haven't done that in God knows how long. But, you know, you, I, I, like I'm saying, I just don't think these picks are going to be worth as much. and You're going to have a, uh, a, a dominant Laker team, hopefully. So that's the idea. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think they're going to be worth as much. Now, everyone, you know, it's it, like I said before, it, everyone was suddenly so sad to lose, you know, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball and Josh Hart. Um, you know, I still think they can be good players, but they just don't fit our timeline. And I cannot stress this enough. OK, the moment we signed LeBron James, our mindset switched from the future to win. Now, we no longer were trying to win in two, three, four years. Right. The moment LeBron put the ink to paper, the Lakers went from a win now mentality. I'm sorry, a win. Yeah, a win now mentality. You know, so it shouldn't come to a surprise that we wanted to help LeBron James. Now, let me remind you guys that Anthony Davis is a top five talent in the NBA. LeBron James, also a top five talent in the NBA. So now we have two out of the top five players in the league on our team. Now, Anthony Davis, like I said in my other podcast, he puts up really, really good numbers. He averages about 28 points, 12 rebounds, and like two blocks. Dude is phenomenal. He could, you know, you could do run and gun with him. Um, You know, you could just, you could slow the game down. You could pack it in the post. He's very, he's a very versatile five. And, you know, the Lakers haven't had a really good center since Pau Gasol. So this is very exciting, or, you know, Pau Gasol, Andrew Bynum. So this is very exciting for us. So, and the other big thing too, is that, you know, now that we traded away like some of the younger players, we cleared up some cap space, we can sign another max free agent and create a big 
three, which is probably very scary for the rest of the NBA. So like I said, we can make either a big three or, you know, if we if we don't even want a big three, say or say some players don't want to sign with us, we could sign some, you know, like two or three quality veteran players to balance out the roster. You know, like Rondo or, or Danny Green or, you know, some other players like that. So there's so many different directions we could go. Now, one thing to note about this whole thing um, is that it's a different NBA. You know, you do not necessarily need a super team to win. So once the Warriors got hurt, the NBA got flipped on its head. Because at, so once the Warriors, you know, created the super team with Kevin Durant, it was sort of an arms race, right? Two superstars was not enough. Everyone was everyone knew that the Warriors were the team to beat. Didn't matter what conference or division, whatever. Didn't matter what you were in. The Warriors were the team to beat. Duh, yeah. So it's just it's just so different now. So now in this new league. You know, I mean, who knows with where the free agents end up going is that you don't I mean, obviously you'd want a super team, but you don't necessarily need one uh, to be a title contender anymore, which makes the NBA so, so exciting. It's really anyone's championship. It's not so um, it's not such a landslide in terms of favorites. But now that the Warriors got hurt. So I, you know, I just found that pretty interesting. So, you know, even if we don't land Kemba or Kyrie or any of these other players, I think it'll just be um It'll be really interesting to see how this whole thing unfolds. Um, I, I, I think as of right now, Anthony Davis and LeBron could be enough if we even if we just get, you know, veteran players. But, you know, we'll see. All right. So the next part of the podcast that I wanted to get into. So I posted on my Instagram um, some I, I said, you know, DM me some questions that you guys had, you know, about this Anthony Davis trade or some thoughts or anything like that. So I'm going to get into that right now. So one of the questions that I got was, is the front office still dysfunctional? Uh, no. Right. So, you know, there was all this talk about, you know, how the Lakers front office was dysfunctional. They didn't want to make these moves about how, you know, uh, you know, Magic Johnson tried to sabotage the front office going on first take and, you know, saying all these things. And, you know, I got to say, you know, they hired, you know, two good coaches. They got it. They acquired a top five player while keeping Kyle Kuzma. And they're in, they're in a position to sign a third superstar. So they put us in a really good position um, to succeed this upcoming season. And, you know, I it, it's just kind of interesting, um, you know, that that it's just kind of interesting that, you know, there's all this talk about the Lakers office being dysfunctional and they pulled off a blockbuster trade like this. So, you know, I don't, I don't think that they are a uh, dysfunctional front office anymore. I don't think, you know, I don't I don't think that people are going to be saying that uh, for much longer. Okay, so the next question I got was, why Kyle Kuzma? Why was he the only player on the Lakers that we kept? And, you know, Kyle Kuzma, he's older. And he's more developed than uh, Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball and Josh Hart. He's also healthier. He's he's the healthiest out of the young core. You know, Josh Hart had knee problems. Lonzo Ball had knee and ankle problems. Brandon Claude, I mean, Brandon (laughs) Claude. Brandon Ingram, um, he had to have, you know, a rib removed so he can, you know, remove a blood clot from him. And, you know, blood clots can be a very serious issue. Now, I don't, you know, they're saying that it's not going to be a uh, a serious issue for Brandon Ingram moving forward, but we've just seen what blood clots can do to players, you know, like Chris Bosh. So it's, you have to be very cautious about this. And, you know, it did take him out the second half of the season last year. So, you know, I, I think that the Lakers wanted a more developed, a more mature, younger player. I'm sorry, more de- a more developed and older uh 
player, and Kyle Kuzma kind of fit that role. Um, and he's all, and he's also, I, I heard he has really good relationships with the front office, and he's also, you know, he, he's he's a he's a good player, and um, yeah, I just think that's why we kept Kyle Kuzma. So, one of the questions uh, I got was, how come that Palinka could get this deal done, but not Magic Johnson? So. What Palinka had that Magic didn't, which played a really big role in all this, is that the Palinka had the number four overall pick. So at the time when Magic was dealing with the Pelicans, they didn't expect the Lakers to even have a lottery pick at the time, or they expected maybe a top 10 pick. Um, and there were also two different uh, general managers that were talking. So it's just two totally different scenarios. Um, and I honestly think that the Pelicans waited as long as they could with this deal you know if they tried to wait till february then the lakers you know would probably be more willing just to wait and take their chances signing anthony davis in the off season um and you know who knows by then maybe the lakers young core could have clicked and everyone would have been playing well maybe they would have thought we don't really need to make this trade so this was the time to act right now and i know the pelicans wanted to uh be in charge of uh taking that drafting with that number four overall pick now what's interesting to me is I wonder how Magic Johnson feels to see the front office thrive without him. That's got to hurt, you know, especially when he tried to sabotage <clears throat> when he tried to sabotage the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, I've said this before that Magic Johnson, he's really wanted this whole narrative of of, you know, of the, the Lakers struggling without him. He wanted this whole narrative of, oh, you know, the Lakers you know, they were struggling, but, you know, it, it was after it was after Magic Johnson, though. So it, it, but this isn't the case. You know, the Lakers, you know, they're contenders right now. They have so, you know, they're a very versatile uh, team, this upcoming free agency. So, you know, it's just kind of funny now because the Lakers are relevant. And, you know, right now, everyone's not very happy with Magic Johnson. But out of all people, Rob Palenka is viewed as this knight in shining armor because he, you know, brought us Anthony Davis. So that, to me, is just, you know, very interesting. If you would have told me two years ago that Rob Palenka would have been the guy, I probably would have <laughs> probably would have laughed in your face. Um, okay, so now one of the other questions I got was, who, will they, who, who are the Lakers going to target in free agency? So it sounds like they're going to go after Kemba Walker, but I wouldn't be surprised if Kyrie Irving looks into the Lakers as well. I mean, and to be and actually there was a report this morning saying that Kyrie wanted to play with Anthony Davis for months, but he also, but you know what, Kyrie Irving, he, one, he thinks the, the world's flat. So, you know, you just lose a lot of credibility when you say stuff like that. Um, secondly, you know, he's been saying that he wanted to play with New York for months. He wanted to play in Brooklyn for months. So who even knows what's going on in his mind? I mean, Kyrie Irving isn't even a credible source for source for Kyrie Irving. So you can't really, you know, trust what what that guy's saying, you know. And then so, so I think that the two biggest needs that the Lakers need to fill out uh, is our point guard and secondly, our shooting guard, because we have like no guards on our roster. I mean, unless you want to rock with Isaac Bonga as your as your point guard. But I think that's very unlikely. Now, this is something that everyone forgets is that, you know, this, and this changes things in free agency. So the moment we got Anthony Davis, we became a top free agency destination once again. So all those free agents that had us as the second or third option, you know, they're starting to rethink things, right? They're starting to think, you know, maybe the Lakers aren't so bad. 
Because, I mean, who wouldn't want to play with LeBron James and Anthony Davis in one of the best basketball cities in the world? Also, too, you know, Los Angeles is a great place to market your products. And, you know, Kyrie Irving, you know, he makes movies. He, he does the Uncle Drew movies. You know, he has his shoes. And, you know, LA's a good market to do that. So, for the first time in a long time, the Lakers are a top free agency destination. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Kyrie Irving... Um, Jimmy Butler, probably not Kawhi. I really don't think we're going to get Kawhi, but Kyrie Irving, Jimmy Butler, um, maybe Kemba Walker, they're going to be talking with the Lakers. And, and, it might, and it might be the Lakers choosing a free agent instead of a free agent choosing the Lakers, which would it's crazy to think about. But anyway, guys, I'm super, super excited um, for this upcoming season. But that's my take on the Anthony Davis trade. So, you know, what do you guys think? Who do you think won the trade? And who do you think we should go for? Um, who do you think the Lakers should pursue in free agency? Guys, please let me know. As always, I appreciate your support. You've been listening to TED Talk Sports, and I'm Teddy Raksak.